0: Wide-eyed, thrilled, bemused. How on
2: earth did that happen?
3: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Goal, the soccer betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Lieboff, and joining me for another season preview are my friends and colleagues, Anthony DeBundo and BJ Cunningham. And we also have a very special guest with us today, Alan Shapiro from the FML, FPL, Fantasy, EPL podcast. Alan, welcome to the show
4: thanks man I'm, I'm psyched to be on i'm a fan of the show i'm a fan of gambling i'm a fan of the premier league let's do it dude yeah so you tick every box here with <laughs>
3: anthony vj and myself uh this will be a little bit different from our other premier league season preview which you can listen to on any podcast channel that you normally listen to us on this one will be a snake draft with our favorite point totals for the upcoming premier league season so in other words let's say I like the Manchester United over as my favorite bet and I'm up first in the draft, I would pick that one first and then it would snake on through the league until all four of us have five teams or five bets. And at the end of the year, we'll see who, who did the best. It'll likely be me uh, and Anthony will probably go 0 for 5. So that's where <laughs> we're at now. Uh, BJ, Anthony, I'm ready to go. Are you guys ready to go? Well, I'm a huge
1: fan of Buckets, Michael, so I'm really excited for this podcast. This is a great idea that I came up with uh, for us to do this, so I'm, I'm just excited. Let's just get into this.
2: All right. An-Anthony, when when, when were... I first pitched this podcast idea, they laughed at me. I thought it would be fun. We stole the idea from our, our compatriots over at Buckets, and it's going to be a lot of fun, and I am going to win the draft. I've never lost the draft, <laughs> ever. Uh, and on that
3: note, Anthony, you randomized the order. Can you just read through it real quick and then we'll flip it over to our first picker?
2: Yeah, so Alon won the draft. He will get the first pick, which I don't know if that's good or bad, because then it means he also will uh, pick toward the end of the draft. Yeah. Uh, but we do have a snake draft. So Alon, uh, BJ was second, I was third, and then Leboff will go fourth. we will snake through, back around. Uh, and like Michael said, you only get one choice on a team. So once you pick the team, they cannot be picked again.
4: Yeah.
3: And it'll be a good way for us to touch on all 20 teams in a relatively quick fashion. All right. With all the homework out of the way, Alon, you're up your favorite point total bet for the upcoming 2022, 2023 premier league season.
4: I'm on the clock. I feel like I need the like NFL draft music, you know, and all the graphics flying around. Alon is on the clock. Um, I'm just going straight up Manchester United under 65 and a half points. That just stood out to me big time when I looked at the totals you sent over. I think they're just a really public team and, you know, a not heavy betted market, maybe. So they just get a little steam. They always get extra hype. It's not that I even think they're bad or I think Ten Hogs' bag. I, I just think the number's too high. Like, even if they finish fifth, which I don't expect them to do, 65 and a half is still pretty high. Like, they could still go under that point total and have a good season and finish fifth. I expect them to be sixth or lower, and to reach that point total and finish sixth is like basically impossible. So, easy pick for me.
1: It's a great pick.
3: Yeah, it'd be yeah. interesting. It's also they're a good bet. I think to slow to start slow, right? Right. So you got to bet in a new a new manager. All these new players uh, it could be a team that that bet's looking really good for you early on. And then all of a sudden they get their legs under you and then it becomes a little bit of a sweat. Those are always fun. Southampton. I think last year with, with you, Anthony comes to mind of a bet like that. All right. uh, Up next is BJ Cunningham. All
1: right. My one, one is still on the board. I went through and projected out all the point totals for the premier league. Me and Anthony will have an article coming out at some point or other this week or next week uh, with our favorite point totals, but Brentford over 39 and a half points. This one is way, way too low for me. Basically, they kept their entire core together, and this is a team we obviously love to bet on a lot last year. They finished the season with 56 expected points and only 46 actual. So they underperformed by about 10 points last year. Third biggest discrepancy in the Premier League behind only Crystal Palace and Watford, who are relegated. That's good for eighth best in the Premier League. Only a minus 1.3 expected goal differential. They were the most efficient teams in terms of chances created. They had the highest XG per shot. Really efficient on set pieces. Now they did lose Christian Erickson, which to Manchester United, which is a, a pretty big loss because towards the end of the season he really unlocked their attack and improved them. But while I went through a lot of the on-off splits with Eriksen in and out of the squad, they were minus three point seven expected goal differential and one point one five expected goals for per match without Eriksen, and they increased to about plus two expected goal differential, and one point five expected goals for per match with Eriksen. So he did make a pretty drastic difference. But with those splits, their expectables allowed per match were exactly the same, 1.3 per match. So that would put them as a top 10 defense in the Premier League. And they did make some pretty good, I think, transfer moves this offseason. They added Aaron Hickey from Bologna, a very promising Scottish left back. And they also added Keen Lewis Potter, the whole city's top scorer from the left wing position, which really helps them because Ivan Tony and Mbwemu are proven commodities in the Premier League. And then Keen Lewis Potter, who plays a left wing position, should be able to help you know, their front three actually improve, improve on that bad number of 1.15 expected goals per match. And that was also when they went through a lot of injuries in the middle of the season. So, you know, I have them projected at a little over 51 points. If you look at 538, they have Brentford at 48 points. So this is the biggest edge for me on the board and Brentford over 39 and a half is way too low. They're projecting them as a relegation team. I don't see them even close to the relegation zone. I see them more as a top 10 team. So Brentford over 39 and a half points for me is my first overall pick.
3: That was on my list, too, and I can't believe you forgot to mention they also brought in Ben Mee. All the, right. The only <laughs> center back depth transfer, from Ben Mee. The only transfer, uh, coach transfer of the year after he was yeah, a player that's coach. that's true. That's, true. that's year, a good so point. That'll help. We're obviously unabashed fans of the bees on this show. Uh, I'm with you on that one. Anthony, you're up next. First, though, what do you think about the Brentford total?
2: It's funny because when I came into the season, I was expecting to bet against Brentford, generally. I think, uh, you know, second season, and the prem tends to be difficult. They surprised a lot of people early in the season. And I think their numbers took a pretty big dip in, in, in January, February, March uh, before Erickson kind of spruced things up uh, and helped their attack. But they really relied so heavily on set pieces. And I just kind of was like, oh, I don't really know if that's going to last. But then the market came in and said, no, we actually think Brentford's horrible. We think they're the fourth worst team in the league, fifth worst team. And I don't have them that low. So I can't bet the under. And so I would generally agree directionally that the number is just too low uh, on, on the bees here. Even if I do think they're going to be worse considerably than last season, I think they're much closer to relegation than they are to 10th, but ultimately 39 and a half is low. I BJ kind of like tipped his pick. He said, there's a clear one, one for me. And I knew it was going to be the (laughs) bees. So I didn't even put them on my board once we got the draft order. So my pick and my first selection and the third overall selection in this draft it's going to be crystal palace yeah. over 45 yeah. and a half points That's and i go. like a yeah. lot of unders but uh i think they're going to be easier for me to get later so i'm going to take this over now because i know there's interest in the palace oh, yeah. from mm-hmm. from the rest of the crew here uh and and basically crystal palace yes they do lose Connor gallagher and, and i think that is a bit of a loss for them but I think they made a couple of good additions with with Richards and Decoré. Decoré had some pretty promising two way midfield numbers in France. Uh, profiles as somebody who could be a decent squad player uh, for Palace this year. They underperformed their expected goals. Not only that, but they were just bad in close games. They had a lot of results, you know, kind of like one goal losses or draws that should have been wins or draws. And so what we see is, and that was really the biggest thing with Brighton two years ago was, yes, they underperformed their xG relative to their expected goals four, but they also had a lot of good, really good wins. And then all the close games kind of teetered against them last season. And so generally speaking, if that evens out, I do expect Palace to be better. Uh, And Richard's also pretty impressive uh, passing numbers, pretty impressive uh, overall uh, in the Bundesliga. I know I'm down on the Bundesliga as a league overall, but I think he fits the profile of what viera wanted when he went out and signed gay last year and and uh and i think we saw that in their in their numbers of playing through pressure how much more successful they were at doing that they get another year of their new attacking pieces kind of coming together and of course they have great home field advantage which i always like with an over team and they, they profile well as an underdog to try to steal some points off the big team so i'm going to take palace over 45 and a half points
3: yeah that was a good game theory going uh, with that first, that they would have been uh, number one off the board for me, but it said, I'll throw a little wrench into the system here. Lowest total on the board, Bournemouth 32 and a half points under. Uh, wow. For, for the wow. Oh
4: well, I mean, it makes God. sense.
3: I, I have them as the worst team in the premier league by a wide margin right now going into the year, they've done nothing. Scott Parker has said that they're not get, they're not expecting any investment really before or a significant investment before the season starts or the, the window closes and look, let's look at the last five years in the Premier League. The last place team posted 22 points, 23 points, 21 points. Two out of those three were Norwich City, the 23 points was Sheffield United, 16 points. That's Huddersfield and 31 points from West Brom. 32 and a half points is the total for Bournemouth. I think they're going to finish in last place in a league where we've seen right now, it's turned into like a halves and a halves nots, especially with the you know bottom six teams over the past couple of seasons. So if they're, they are the worst team in the Premier League. I think they are the worst team in the in the league by far. It's gonna be a real trudge just to get to 30. And it's very rare that the the team that finishes in last in this generation of Premier League gets to 30. So giving me the extra two and a half point cushion, I'll take it. And and who's gonna score for them? Dominic Solanke? Like
1: oh yeah. 0.73 exactly 7, XG per 90 in the championship last year. Yeah, that's the good.
3: We seen him in the Premier League already. Like really, he had three goals in 40 in something games playing for Liverpool. So uh I don't really think we're gonna see uh and and if he even if he does score you know eleven goals, which would be a good season for him, where are the other ones coming from? Gonna be a tough season, I think, for the Cherries, and they'll probably yo yo back. All right, back to me again. I'll go with Another under, I think this one will be, at least on Anthony and BJ's list, Leicester City under 51 yeah. and a half points. Yeah. They finished up 52 last year, and they're worse, right? They didn't get better. And they're, the difference between their expected points and their actual point total is as wide as almost anyone in the league. They had 42 expected points yeah. uh, last year, according to Understat. That puts them on the fringe of, of the relegation battle. I think that Brendan Rodgers is a pretty good bet if you can get access to the market on uh, first, manager to leave his post or to get sacked i just think it's going to be a lot of turnover uh at the king power coming up the season we saw that they were they were a defensive mess last year how are they going to get better i don't know so uh give me the under 51 and a half on the foxes anthony anything for you on those two teams before we flip back down the draft order
2: yeah. Lester was going to be my pick there. So you did, you did snipe that one from <laughs> me. Uh, Alan and I have talked about this, you know, he's still a believer in Vardy I am. and I understand, you know, why you would given that his minutes when he played, he was, he was effective, but again, the injuries. And I, I think at some point, you know, we're betting on a very old striker to carry an attack that otherwise uh, was pretty pedestrian. They have not gotten the production that they thought they were going to get you know, they may lose James Madison between now and the end of the transfer window. They have not added any players currently. And I think they are the kind of team who got stale. And when that happens, there's always a risk that if you don't make, a you know, additions or, or bring in new players, you have the same manager, you run the risk of things just going bad. And I think, like Michael said, I agree with you on Lester. They have the most potential, I think, to really crash and burn. They could be a decent side. I mean, we still like a lot of their players, and if they just clean up the set piece defense, they might be better. But even if you look at rolling XG, I mean, the attack trended down pretty considerably second half of the season. So I generally agree on that one. Bournemouth too low to play an under for me. I, I couldn't get there. I'd almost play it over just reflexively, but I'm not too confident in Bournemouth either. It's, so that's it's a, tough. it's a funny gambling fallacy too. Uh, we see it.
3: I see it all the time in the NHL. You look at the team that's projected to finish less and everyone just assumes, Oh, this team will finish over 61 and a half points because that total is too low, where it's actually the opposite, where it's the team that finishes last usually comes in like 10 points under their total. So if you have a good feel on what team you think is going to be worse in the league, the market usually sets it too high, which is always interesting. And and I just think Myth there is a wide gap between them and the other two newly promoted I'm not promoted so stuff. sure
2: about that. I think yeah, we're, I we'll agree. have I'm to not save not that sure. for the pod. Yeah, I I'm think, also uh, not,
1: yeah. Well, I think the trees one. The trees yeah, will uh, have something to say relegation. about that.
2: Yes. uh, So my second round pick, and I have to do this out of principle. Wolves overs were a great joke last year on this podcast. And I'll tell you what, they became quite profitable at the end of the season because their defense fell off a cliff. I'm not sure how many wolves overs we're going to be betting. We'll see what the market looks like. You know, we have, that's a long way away, but I will be betting the wolves under 43 and a half points. Another team that has not made, Notable signings. I mean, I guess making Huang He-Chan permanent is cool. Raul Jimenez is rumored to potentially be heading out. We're not sure what his situation is, but he's also down to 0.23 per 90 XG now and, and, and trending in the wrong direction with his career as he's on the wrong side of 30. How is this team scoring goals? And again, we've talked about Jose Sa ad nauseum, and we don't really need to keep going into the Jose Sa stuff, but... Take out the first 10 games of Wolves' season last year when we were like, wow, they're pressing, they're possessing the ball well, they look really dangerous on the counter, look what Bruno Lodge has done. After that, they were genuinely terrible. 18th in expected goals for after February uh, and 19th in expected goal difference from February on. So very questionable metrics here don't hate a relegation ticket on them but i'm taking the under 43 and a half similar to my dislike of saints so hopefully that they you know they'll start really hot and then just fall off a cliff at the end of the season again but uh i do think wolves are in, are in danger here if they don't make any attacking signings where are the goals coming from all
3: right bj we're back on to you any thoughts on on what you've seen come off the board right now uh, and then what
1: your pick is yeah, I definitely agree with the Leicester under. So the only argument you can make for Leicester improving defensively is that Wesley Fofana was hurt last year, and now he's back and healthy. So I guess you could say pairing him alongside Sionko would improve them defensively. But, you know, Anthony already mentioned the overperformance and attack is, is pretty drastic. So I highly doubt that Leicester is just going to trend upwards over 50 points. And then Wolves under, I mean, let's be honest, the market reacted to the Wolves' overperformance last year. I mean, you know, they've had they had 50 points, right? And so now we're basically down to a 43 and a half saying the market, they're going to regress by seven points. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. I, I, you know, they obviously signed Nathaniel Collins from Burnley, not really a, you know, a, a big, like sexy type signing, but it gives them more center back depth, I guess, to just play that compact middle and give up 25 shots and uh, 2.5 XG and only allow one. So we can just do that for a full season. Uh, my pick for the second round, I have to do it. Uh, Brighton. Over 47 and a half Damn points. Uh, yeah, this uh, this is mm-hmm. interesting. So Brighton, they obviously lose Basuma to Tottenham, which I don't think is a, as big of a loss as most people are making out to be. I think Mwepu can very easily slide into that role for to replace Basuma. But if they lose Kukurea to Manchester City, I mean, that's yeah, going to be detrimental to them because he led them in pretty much Every single statistical category, successful pressures, crosses, progressive passes and dribbles, tackles, interceptions, just everything. He's basically everything for them. But even if they do lose ha- them, I mean, Brighton's metrics across the board were incredibly imp- impressive last year, especially defensively. Sixth in non-penalty goals allowed, seventh in shots per 90, third in big scoring chance allowed, and fifth in passes per defensive action. This is still a really good team that we talk about all the time. Profiles really well against the big six sides because they are able to actually control possession. I mean, they're fourth in the Premier League in average possessions last year. So I have them projected at a little over 54 points. So I think the market is a tad low on Brighton. And I think they're going to continue to progress the way that they have been the last few years. I mean, they got all the positive aggression from the crazy XG season two years ago, and they had a top half finish. So uh, who says they can't do that again uh, with basically almost the same squad? So uh, Brighton over, I have to do it, one of my favorite teams, over 47 and a half points.
3: I knew that one would go off the board, yeah, uh,
1: pretty quick. And I actually think I would go the other way. I think this is going to be a,
3: a weird I season. Too. I think it's going to be a weird season. I would I would take the under on Brighton, oh, which is which sounds weird for us, um, given where we were on Brighton the past two seasons. Uh, I just don't know what the
2: attack looks like. Right, I mean, exactly.
3: And <laughs> I think this is a team that was on forty one points coming into last year, and I think this season's Brighton is going to look more like that one, where they they overperform on XG and can't score because where who's scoring for this team, Alan anything on what we've just talked about since your first pick <laughs> that sticks out and then give us your next two picks.
4: Yeah. I mean, there's been so much action. It's just really interesting to think about how much different the FPL fantasy premier league views are to your guys in a lot of these cases, right? Like you say like Dominic Solanke, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I really want Solanke in fantasy, you know, and even, you know, Lester, I mean, You said how are they gonna improve in defense? I mean, yeah, it's Fafana, but it's also Justin, Indeedy. You know, they they had a lot of injuries. It wasn't just one. And also I think regarding the attack, the way I see it for now is, you know, they're fit until they're not. We saw how I think the Liverpool season in twenty twenty, how much defense can affect the attack. You know, like the the front three wasn't really hurt for Liverpool that season, but everything was so bad in the midfield and in the back that it really messed them up. And I think that's the same same thing roughly with Leicester. You know, I still like Barnes. I still like Maddow. Vardy still performs. The midfield's good. You know, losing Telemans will hurt, but, you know, whatever. And then, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just different. It's just very different, right? It's Wolves too, right? I'm looking at Wolves. Neto is like the highest owned budget mid in the entire game, in the entire fantasy game. That's how their attack gets better. He's their best attacker by a long stretch, and he played like five games last year. And Gibbs White was a superstar in the championship, and he's playing, and Potence is fit. You know, that's how their attack gets better. So I was actually going to go over on Wolves potentially, um, but I do like the over Brighton. I'm with BJ on that one. So for my picks, a lot of my picks got taken. I mean, that's the, the punishment for going first, I guess. But I'm going to go with a controversial one. I know, you know certainly Anthony's probably going the other way on this, but I'm going under for Fulham. I just Man. really don't like Marco Silva. I don't <laughs> think that he's going to do a good job. I think he's he would be my pick for first manager fired. I think that like the way that they played in the championship does not scale well to the Premier League. You just can't do that. They're not going to dominate the ball. You can't just outscore every team in the Premier League. Their defense is shambolic. It's a disaster. And he just leans into that. He he just almost like doesn't care. He's like, yeah, so what? I'm going to outscore you. And it just doesn't, it's just not going to work. Um, you know, so the, the points total that you sent us is 37 and a half. They're basically saying they're the third relegated team, you know, the 18th position team. And I think they could easily finish 20th or 19th or even 18th and go under 37 and a half. I just think it's way too high. So I'm under there. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, they were obviously the best championship team last season. So usually that team you would project to do better in the Premier League than the worst championship teams that also got promoted. But I just think stylistically, it's just not a fit. And we've seen him not change and not adjust to the Premier League well in the past. And so I don't expect him to this time around. Yeah, Um, I know that song and dance. You know that very all, all,
3: well. all too well. Uh, you know and and I agree with you. I think, I think that's another interesting kind of betting narrative that gets bet into. It's like, you look at the three teams that came up and you're like, okay, well this team, like North, how, how often do we see Norwich city run away with the championship and then just exactly. go right back down. Right. Like, cause Daniel Farkett did the same thing. Like we can yep. just bum rush Preston, and we can bum rush Scunthorpe, but you're not going to be able to do that to, to Wolves and, and Aston Villa, uh, who have competent managers. And also, it's interesting that to, to the three managers coming up, like, we'll, we'll teach Anthony about Steve Cooper. I know he, he he likes to wait for guys to become hip before he, he buys into <laughs> them. But Steve Cooper, for for Nottingham Forest, is, is, he's the next Grand Potter. And it's not just because they, they kind of look like they could be related. All right, Alan, you're back well- up.
4: Yeah, and then just a little bit of piggybacking off of that, I forgot to mention, I actually was going to go Bournemouth over. Um I, It's like almost the, the exact opposite argument. I think Scott Parker has shown to be very competent. He did a really good job with Fulham. He knows that they have to play defensively and counter, and that's the only way through. And defense just matters so much more at the bottom of the table um, to me. So I, I actually was like, yeah, they, they project in my head, you know, I'm not modeling, but in my head I was like, yeah, they're probably going to be way better than these other teams at like adjusting to the Premier League. But um, anyway, yeah, so my other pick, a lot of my favorites were taken, some struggling here a little bit, but I guess, I guess I'm guess i going to go Chelsea under, mm. Um, you know, big call, good team, good manager, lots of good players, love the Sterling buy. think it's going to make them better. Seventy one and a half. and a half, I still just don't think that they're the third best team in the league. I think that Spurs are. And so if in my head, I think they're finishing fourth, then that is too high a number. I mean, usually 72 points would not be fourth place. I mean, that's almost never happened, you know, at least recently. Koulibaly, I like, but he's, in my mind, significantly worse than Rudiger. He's older, he's declining. Yeah. And again, like Sterling, I like, I think he's going to give them a lot of goals, but I hate their midfield. I just think it's really old and they keep just not addressing it. And all of them are injury prone. I think that's a big problem for them. Um, so yeah, I'm a little bit down on them.
3: Yeah. I think if, if you had to make me pick at Chelsea, bet, I, I would go under two. I think it's just a season that's right for chaos, I think. Yes. And, and Thomas Tuchel is, is someone who just wants to control everything. So that yeah. like Anthony was kind of saying, with Leicester, where things have maybe gone stale and that could cause a team to just kind of plummet, especially if they don't address the issue. The opposite is true. And I think Chelsea's kind of the opposite, where if everything just goes you know, haywire, which there's a lot of potential for, and Tuchel loses his mind, I mean, this this could, And when, when you say it, I hate when people say like a season's a disaster for a team like Chelsea, because that just means they finished sixth or seventh and, and whatever, that's, that's still
2: yeah. a good... was I mean, a disaster.
3: Yeah, but it's a good season for, for no. Everton.
2: It's an amazing Long season. Right. For yeah. you, you, you
3: watch a very different league than I do, right? Like you're competing yeah. for these spots, right? So it's yeah, very yeah. different. All right, BJ, you're up next. Anything
1: on Chelsea, Fulham? Yeah, I, I actually kind of like the Chelsea over 71 and a half. I think that adding Kubali really basically it's just a, it's a one for one swap, I believe with Rudiger and, you know, we'll see if they get Koundé or if Barcelona gets him, who knows? Uh, but the Sterling signing obviously improves them in attack. And I I mean,
0: And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash Wire for a $3 trial set.
1: If you look at 538, I mean, they have Chelsea at 72 points. I project them at around 78. So, I mean, this is, I think that actually wow. rests towards that upper echelon to do, but I think there's a pretty big gap between there's first four teams and then there's one tier below that. And then it's a pretty big drop off after that. So I think Chelsea is definitely one of the best three teams in the premier league right now, obviously one of the best four. So I actually think the signings are going to help Chelsea. I think that, I mean, they kept basically the same attack together besides the Lukaku, who didn't even actually play towards the end of last season. So I think Sterling adds them. I mean, Sterling was a, a 0.67 XG per 90 guy at city last year. So Adding him to the attack, obviously, I think improves them drastically. With my next pick, I'm going to go Newcastle under 56 and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a tad too high. And when I saw this number, it was kind of like, okay, Newcastle, obviously they have all this new money and they're able to you know push that money into the transfer market, but they didn't really do a whole lot. They got Boatman, they got Nick Pope, they you know made it Target a, a, a permanent signing. But that's about it. You know, it's not really in this team. Even if you take them from, obviously they were pretty terrible up until January when they actually got bought and then they made some signings, they'll get trippy air back from injury. So yeah, you can say they improve, they'll improve a little bit, but they were basically an even expected goal differential from January on last year. So that's not, you know, a team that's going to project to finish in the top six or seven, which is basically what you're going to have to get with 56 or 57 points. So for Newcastle, I mean, who knows? Maybe towards the end of the window, they'll make a, a gigantic splash and they'll get like Neymar or something, but, <laughs> um, but who knows? Uh, but yeah, 56 and a half is, is a tad high. I mean, they're basically projecting Newcastle to be basically the best team outside the top six, which is a little high for me uh, comparatively some of the other teams that are near them up towards the, uh, that upper echelon outside the top six. So Newcastle under 56 and a half is a tad too high for me, so I'll take their under.
3: Yeah, I'm happy you took that. I wasn't going near that that one at all. Uh, Anthony, what are your thoughts? And you're up next.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the the two picks that I had lined up here were the Chelsea under and the Newcastle under, and they both went, so now I'm stuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I agree with Alon's point about Chelsea's midfield. They add Connor Gallagher, but what do we know the strength of Connor Gallagher is not being on the ball, but showing up in the box, adding into the goals and the assists, by always seeming to be in the right place at the right time. But that's not really what Tuchel wants, and that's not really how Chelsea operates, uh, and that's not how a top four or five team is going to play. And I think there's going to be a bit of an interesting development with that because he doesn't do a ton of ball winning. He doesn't do a ton of passing because he's not on the ball that much. Uh, And I thought it was really fascinating. John Muller wrote you know, the no-touch all-stars, players who are really effective without being on the ball a lot. I don't know how much that works in this system, so I'll be interested to see what happens there. Kante and Kovacic both saw not only declines in minutes because of injuries, but declines in production in those minutes, tackles interceptions per 90 for Kante was down and the progressive carries were down for Kovacic. So you're getting a little bit less out of them and Rudiger. It does something that I don't think Koulibaly does a ton of, which is ball carrying. I think Rudiger is one of the better ball carriers among center backs in the world. Koulibaly can do it, but his numbers in Italy are not the same on that level. Uh, And so For all those reasons, I'm down on Chelsea relatively. I think they may be fifth. I think it's not that crazy. I think it's definitely the gap between them and Spurs and Arsenal. Of course, in the point totals, Chelsea and Spurs have the same point total. Arsenal is a little bit lower. I don't think the gap between Chelsea and Arsenal is that big at the moment, if what I think about Jesus is true. So that's my take on Chelsea and Newcastle. I agree. I mean, they could go out and spend a ton of money in the next five weeks and make us look like idiots, but they are not the seventh best team right now in the league. They had 1.05 expected goals per 90 after the transfer window closed. That's bad. That's really bad. And they have not added any attackers. So I like Bruno Guimaraes, but until like, you know, they get a striker in or Callum Wilson decides he's going to stay healthy for a full year. I can't buy into this team being seventh with the attacking talent they have compared to even someone like Lester or West Ham, who just made some adjustments. So uh, I agree on both of those with you guys. I am going to steal one of Lee boss picks. I think I'm going to take Everton under, I'm going to take Everton under 44 and a half. Like they lost for Charleston. And we talked about this a lot. Like they haven't added anybody to replace him at the moment. And yes, we do expect DCL to be healthier. And we kind of know what he is. He's going to score about half a goal. XG per 90. He's going to get about a goal every other game. He's a good premier league striker. Is he going to play 30 nineties? Like i bet the under on that. And so, you know, you're getting less than 15 goals from Calvert Lewin and nobody else on the team has proven to show much of a goal scoring punch. We all agree. I think that Lampard's kind of a bad manager and has never shown the ability to truly improve a team. Their defense did get better, but I think a lot of it was just dead cat bounce at the end of the season and, and really just packing it in playing to try to stay up. So I'm taking the Everton under 44 and a half. I think this is a little high. I think they're going to be back in the relegation scrap Again, I do think they stay above it because I think there are worse teams for sure, but getting them to 45 is really hard given the squad construction right now. Yep. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that, and I'll say it right now, they're going down.
3: Going Are we doing, doing the same? Dance, I was gonna say we're doing, doing the same song and dance for yeah, 38 matches yeah. instead
1: of yeah, what 15 this year. Um,
4: Wearing the kit, saying they're going down—that's brutal, yeah, of
1: course, man. Of course they're going Didn't down. You, last
2: year you said what it was like 12 to one to go down or something like that. You had last 20 year? to one. 20, 20, 20, 20, 20 to 20 it to one. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I remember it. I
1: said, I said, well, Roth Benitez has got a, a team relegated before, so yeah, be that in the preseason pod last year.
3: Yeah, yeah, but like you said, they haven't done anything to Richarlison with. I think their most important player in the most important part of the season, right? Like, literally willed them across the line against two different teams to get four points, one a draw against Leicester, where he scored the tying goal, and then that game against uh, Palace at the end too. Like, just was just incredible, all over the place, and he does so much too from from a position you're going to love him, Anthony. I think people have, his his <laughs> reputation outside of. Everton is, is very different from what it is inside, which is that he, he just works his tail off and is a very impactful player uh, in, in kind of all phases uh, of the game. Yeah, and I, I kind of agree with every point you made, right? I think they're they're like in this like weird 15th or 16th spot in the league table because they're pro they probably have enough in key positions to stay up. I like the move for James Tarkovsky. Like we saw what happened when Yuri Mina went down. That's what happened to their defense, right? Like Frank yep. Lampard just happened to get Yuri Mina. Back when he was healthy. So, for, and he was only for a couple of games, but he makes such a difference. And him and Tarkovsky is should improve uh, that depth a little bit, which hopefully helps. Uh, but it's going to be a, a white knuckle season once again for Everton. Um, so, yeah, it, but I'm with you on that.
2: It's a lot easier to see how things go wrong, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. you can see a lot of yeah. ways where this goes wrong. Whereas, what's the ceiling with right. this level of attacking? I think, yeah, the total totally is low. the total is basically set at the ceiling. Yeah, it's close. Yeah. I could see I could see a snapback if they went and added a player. I mean, let's let's be
1: honest. If if Calvert Lewin stays healthy all season, if Mina stays healthy all season, like health was the problem for Everton last year. They went through a a large stretch of but the thing is they only
2: have like 12 good players. Well, still, I mean,
1: like and so like at some point somebody
2: somebody will get hurt. I think the The ceiling ceiling is is not 44 and a half,
1: it's 50 in 10th place.
2: I think it's like 48th and 12th. I I would say I, I can't see it higher. All
3: right, I'll go next with my my next two. I'm gonna buy Nottingham Forest over 34 and a half points.
2: Wow, <laughs> this is
3: this is just a bet on the manager. I think okay. Steve Cooper. Steve Cooper. You know, we were talking about Marco Silva a little bit. We've yeah. we, we've talked uh, about you know, managers like Frank Lampard or, or Bruno Lodge on the show a lot. I think Steve Cooper is is more in that like Thomas Frank Brentford mold than closer to like being a bad manager he's this guy got this team from near the bottom of the table in the championship around october 1st they just didn't take their foot off the pedal and they won big games he knows how to manage his way in and out of certain situations that i think are going to prove vital do i think that they're like a great bet to stay up probably not but that's not what the bet is right it's like will they get i think they'll be the third the third or fourth worst team in the premier league and i think that that should be enough to put them over uh, 34 and a half points. They should, I think are a pretty good bet to get to 35 to that like, 35, 38 range. I think Jesse Lingard is actually a sneaky. Good move for a team like this. Cause you're just going to need somebody to provide some sort of spark and win a game out of nothing. And that's what he can do for, for a team like forest. If they're playing, you know, in a relegation battle against let's say saints or someone. So uh, I like not in forest. It's basically a bet on Steve Cooper as a manager Dean Henderson, great goalkeeper too. So I, I just think there's enough here for this team to be the best of the newly promoted teams. And, and mm. that's basically what what I'm betting on. Before I move on to my next one, any thoughts there? Alan, we'll start with you.
4: Yeah, I mean, I hear everything you're saying. I do also like the fact that you know, from a business perspective, I don't know if it's the smartest thing to do, just throw $50 million out there. But from a projecting this season, it's obviously good. You know, they just need a couple of these guys to hit. Whether, you know, I like Nico, I like, you know, I've heard good things about Richards, Tywo's good, you know, he'll give them some goals, Lingard's good. Yeah. So, I mean, I totally hear you. I, I it's, it's similar to what I was saying about Fulham, right? It's like I see them coping with the Premier League so much better than a team like Fulham. I just think that, you know, they're going to be in a 5-3-2 and just play de- really defensively and you just need that, like... Sheffield United shocker of a season to just, you know, they keep a few more cleans than they should, and they score some more goals than they should, and they get some pens. And then all of a sudden they're they're safe and they're on 38 or something like that. I, I can totally see that.
3: Yeah. And uh, I think Steve Cooper is just going to, he's going to be the, the the new hip manager.
4: Uh, he'll be, he'll be connected to like every,
3: every big club uh, at some point towards the end of the season. That's just how these things go. BJ It's how these things go. <laughs> uh and for my other bet I actually i'm going to go square here and square out and go city over 90 and a half points wow mm-hmm. i just think they're much better than everybody else in the league they finished on mm. 93 points last year i think they're better and, and i think if liverpool drops back a little bit there's just going to be more like there's gonna be less pressure on them in this crazy run and i just i think this
2: this team's gonna waltz uh not work against the them no i think it, it won't I just, you're talking about like so like like my argument and this is the thing with me is like we bet the city over and Liverpool isn't as good and they, they lock up the league. Like they just kind of rotate and worry about the champions league maybe or the cup, like whatever. Yeah, I think
3: it, I look at the other ways. Like it's just less pressure and it, you know, you're, you're handicapping something that's this really tough to handicap at that point. And I just, if looking at it from a, from a simple perspective of are they better than they were last year? They were at 93 points last year in, in a league think, where I they were in a dog better. fight. Right. Yeah. 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 So and especially if they get Kukarea too. Like, so it's not my favorite bet on the board, but I just think ninety and a half and a half is a little low. That's saying that they're gonna be like the city of, of two seasons ago, cl- or closer to that one than the one that they were last year. And I think that they're better than both those teams. So I like I like them getting, you know, closer to 95, 96.
2: They're definitely not deeper. That's the only fear. Like they have lost a good bit of their depth, you know, losing have they? Jesus. J- I think Jesus and Sterling, yes.
1: Well, I they replaced like, them. They got Holland, they got Ulian Alvarez, and they have depth behind them. They got mm. Foden, they got Grealish, they got Well, I'm not Lester. saying they don't so have, they have depth. depth.
2: I'm not saying they don't have depth, but again, uh, okay, and they lose Zinchenko. If they don't add Kukureya, the fullbacks are a little thin. Uh and and the center back situation, uh, I just think hey. there's there is a world where if Kyle Walker starts to break down that and I'm playing devil's advocate here. I, I don't want the city under at all, uh, but I'm just saying like 90 and a half is so many points. Yeah, It's a lot. Yeah. And, and you know, if Holland gets hurt, which he has done before. Yeah. And, but they, I mean, mm-hmm. they, they, they played without a, a striker. Right, right, right. So they, 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 they don't have Sterling and Jesus. I, yeah. I look, I'm not betting the under. Yeah. I'm just saying like, I think there's a world where like they do wrap up the league because they're either too good that nobody keeps up and they kind of rotate through the end of the season or a lot can go not much has to go wrong for you to drop a few yep. points here and there and get you know soccered into yeah. that but, but yes with, I, I, I i feel mean, like a yeah. lot a good amount went wrong for them to even
3: get to 93 points last year like they they, they drew crystal palace then they lost the crystal they lost Palace, the palace like, yeah. right so like you get one out of six points against palace zero or one out of six against spurs or zero out of six against spurs like, zero yeah including nuno spurs right so like this is there, there were things that went wrong for this team and, and they still got to 93 it's points. Just,
4: I, yeah, I just, I see where where Anthony's coming from. I think it's just the case for it. It's like, I'm not betting it either. I think that like they'll probably win the league and it's a really conservative number. But yeah, I mean, they're one of the most injury lucky teams last mm-hmm. season, right? Like no one had significant time except for Walker, like maybe the last month of the season, right? So, And,
2: and if Cancelo got hurt, I mean, that Good would be point. that would be a huge loss. That's why
1: they want Kukurea so bad. Right, right,
2: and uh, of course, and, and like the two biggest question marks I had were okay, they're going to get a striker. They got Holland, and they're going to get depth for Rodri. They did. They got Phillips, and so I'm not thinking. I'm picking City to win the league, and I'm not laying minus one sixty, but yeah, like yeah. I am picking City to win the league. Uh, but uh, you know, if I had to bet this, if you put a gun to my head and said bet this, I'm betting the under. All right, uh, you're up next, Anthony. I'm up. Uh thankfully I do not have to bet the city under. I had that at the that was the that was the second pick at the bottom that I did not want to have to do. Yeah. Uh and one of the ones that I am happy to do is Arsenal
1: over <laughs> 65 and a half
2: points. Yeah, uh Love BJ it. I don't Love know it. If you, what you were thinking. Uh, I
1: thought I thought was it was 16. a fair number, honestly. I thought I actually was a think fair it, it's
2: relatively fair now as well, but we're at the point in the draft where I I kind of need to uh make picks, uh, on things that I, you know, maybe I'm not running to the window to go gamble. Uh, but they only got eight goals from ABBA and Laka last year. And it was clearly their biggest problem. They only got about 0.4 XG per 90, uh, from those two, uh, and Saka and Martinelli were the main shot getters. Now they're both at the age in their careers where you would say it is a decent bet that they will improve in the next year to two years as they, you know, age, you know, they're 20, 21 years old. And so if they take a step forward or even a tiny step forward, and then Jesus gets the shots that he showed early in his career at city, when he was the focal point of the attack until finishing did him in, then I think they're going to be a much better attack. And thus we'll go over this and compete right around that 67, 68, 69 mark for fourth, third, fifth with Chelsea Spurs Uh, I think those three teams are very close. And I think, you know, while I thought 71 and a half was too high for Chelsea, I thought 65 and a half was too low for Arsenal. I think they will be somewhere in the middle. Uh, And so I'm going to take that. Jesus didn't have the same level of attacking production the last two seasons, but again, it was Mm -hmm. a different role. We talked about the false nine. We talked about the COVID year. They didn't play a striker. He was on the wing doing some wing production. He can do a lot of different things to pass and interchange with this group of Arsenal players. And so I like what I'm seeing there, and I like the Zinchenko edition. I think it adds depth. I don't think he starts every week, but I do think that Arsenal's biggest issue was the drop off when when Tierney got hurt, when Party got hurt. The drop off was big, and that that really killed them. We cannot have Nuno Tavares making a lot of Premier League no, starts. Gosh, in the no. Year 2022, so or 2023 for that matter. So I'm going with the Arsenal over. And, and, you know, I don't want to have to say that. I could wash my mouth out with soap uh, before we make my next pick. But, yeah, that's going to be my pick.
3: That's all right. Uh, as a big Liverpool fan, it's not like Arsenal really comes on your radar all that much, uh, Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> um, the weird that Zinchenko pushed for the Arsenal move over the Everton one, but, you know, people have different motivations. Uh, BJ, what are your thoughts there on, on Anthony? Yeah. Uh, your team is at a reverse jinx. What's going on there? I
1: don't know. I don't know what he's trying to do. He's trying to, I don't know getting my good graces or something before the season, I guess. But um, yeah, I have Arsenal projected right on about 65.4, so I'm like right on with what it is. And it's going to be an interesting season. Anthony hit the nail on the head. Is like they have to be healthy, and they have added depth to help out with that. I think William Saliba is going to be a fantastic addition coming back from loan on Marseille. He's another guy that can play multiple positions. So you have him and Zinchenko. That should sure up your center midfielder depth and everything. So who knows if Arsenal actually wants to go after Tielemans. Hey, Zeus, I mean, Anthony already mentioned as well. You know, he's only a 0.48 XG per 90 guy last year for City. He was also in limited time. He wasn't the number one striker for a full season. So who knows? I mean, he's looked great, great in preseason. Um, so that's made me very happy, but. Um, that settles it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Because, you know, who doesn't love overreacting to preseason games in Orlando? But for my next pick, I would go with a, a certain other North London team, but I don't really want to say nice things about them. So instead, I'm gonna go with another London team. I'm gonna go West Ham over 51 and a half. Uh, it was an interesting season for West Ham last year. They rushed out of the gates. They were really, really good. And then they got a huge upset against Liverpool. And then Obama gets hurt and their defense just completely falls off a cliff because they had no depth whatsoever. So if you look at the splits with Obama for the first 11 matches, they're around 1.05 expected goals allowed per match uh, without him for the last 27, 1.45. XG allowed per match. So, a pretty drastic difference. Now, he'll be back from injury. They also added uh, Naif Agurud from Ren in League One, who's a really good ball controlling uh, center back, really good in the air. So, he'll work really, really well either alongside Obama or Zuma, whoever they have. So, they actually have depth now in defense. So, I do expect their defense to improve. And they also have one of the best defensive midfielders in the Premier League, in Declan Rice offensively, it's a little interesting, you know, Mikel Antonio, he's, you know, one of our favorites here on this podcast, but he wasn't that great uh, last season. They just added Skamaka from Sassuolo, who I'm not really sure how he's going to fit in West Ham. He's a drastic overperformer. I know he had 16 goals, but that was on 10.8 in the, you know, wide open Serie A. So I don't know how that's really going to translate to the Premier League, but they still have all of their wingers and great attackers, including Jared Bowen, who I expect to take a big leap forward and start to become essentially one of the best wingers uh, outside the top six. So I have West Ham right on 53 and a half points. So over 51 and a half, getting a little bit of value. Uh, you know, they had 56 last year with all their defensive problems anyway. So uh, I do expect that they'll be right on as I, I project them to be pretty much the the seventh best team in the Premier League.
2: Wow. Until this week, I would have had them on my under list, pretty high on the list, but I think adding Skamaka and looks like Philip Kostic potentially makes a yeah, will be huge solid, solid difference, you know, just getting more ways of scoring goals because I think a lot of the West Ham attack became just kind of like, all right, we're going to loof it up there to Antonio or we're going to get it up there to Bowen and then they're going to do some things and we'll see. Whereas I think Kostic and Skamaka, yeah, I'm not as high on Skamaka either. Like when Arsenal was looking at him, I was like, eh, eh, I was, probably, yeah, that was probably
1: like probably doesn't
2: make Arsenal know. better. Uh, but I like he can be a good supplemental piece in a West Ham team. And he is relatively young. So I, I'm I'm intrigued by what they've done this this offseason now. You do worry about Europe because I think Europe definitely seemed like it caught up with them by the second half of the season, the squad depth, but they've added some depth pieces. And so, so they still went,
3: but they still went over this. This, yeah, this total. Still,
1: yeah. I mean, I still went exactly. yeah. with yeah. all those so, problems. So right. It, yeah. right. And
2: they did run well. I mean, they're finishing ran, they ran pretty well finishing wise, but uh, overall, I overall I think what happened in the last week with Skamaka and looks like Costage, too has kept me away from them, generally speaking. Whereas I was leaning toward the under.
3: Well, one one thing uh, about Skamaka is we never question David Moyes' transfer business. No, never. No, <laughs> question <laughs> a manager yeah. like David Moyes <laughs> yeah. too. Uh who doesn't
4: believe in David Moyes?
3: That's right. All right, Alon, your final two picks coming our way. But uh, anything
4: on what you've heard since we just went to you? I mean, I I was looking at the West Ham under. That was going to be my next pick. So Mm, you stole that and you went the other direction. I just think, you know, obviously, Agbana was a really big one. But other than Agbana, they just had no injuries last season. They basically had like 10 out of their first 11 play every game.
3: Yeah, that that was a funny thing about Antonio. I had had a golden boot ticket on him. And I was like, if this guy could just stay healthy, I think he'll be up at the top of the the table. And he can stay healthy. And he played
4: played 36 matches in the league. He also started like basically every European match. So it's just like unheard of that he was able to stay fit. I don't expect that. Aguerd or Aguard, however you say his name, just got ankle surgery. So you hate to see that for a new signing. You know, I just think that, you know, a couple injuries, Antonio, I'm not sure about Skamaka either. You know, Europe, I I just, they did sort of reinforce, but I just don't think it's enough. And I'm just not that high on them going into the season. I think they're fine, but, you know, we're not left with that many great picks. I was going to go under, but it's Mm -hmm. close. Um, For my first pick, I'll go Aston Villa over. 51.5, Fifty one and a half I feel is it's actually very low. I I'm, i thought you guys would be all over this pick, so I'm I'm really happy that it fell to me. I mean, I think they're at worst probably a top half team. And that, you know, whether it's tenth, you know, eleventh, tenth, ninth around there conservatively in my opinion, that's above fifty one and a half points already. And I think they have the upside of being like seventh. You know, they could be the 17, they could be right up to the top six, they could be eighth easily. And so I think that the range is pretty favorable, at least in my mind, of like where I expect them to end up. You know, obviously, Gerard gets sacked, it's a nightmare, Ollie can't score, whatever. Any team could go through a nightmare, but I just don't really see it that much. I like I like their players, I like their business a lot that they did early in the summer. You know, everyone's fit, everyone's ready to go. Um You know, I I think they should be good. They finally have a DM. They haven't had one in like four years. So, you know, Kamara in there, Diego Carlos at the back. I I just think they're good. So I'll do that. And then now I'm left with just like four teams that I really don't want to pick. (laughs) You know, so it's between Liverpool, Spurs, Leeds, Southampton, and I'm just like sweating over here not knowing what to do. I mean, I'm a Liverpool supporter. My temptation is to go over. But I'm not sure I'm going to go there. It's, it's scaring me how conservative the 538 projections are. Like, they have City at 85 points and Liverpool at 80 points. I'm like, what?
2: Yeah, they're just naturally going to kind of smush everybody together. That's yeah. Just yeah. Of, when you run 10,000 know, simulations, that's just kind of how it works. Because there's the disaster scenarios. Right, right. Where, right. like, the, you can only go up to 95 really with Liverpool. Like they're not going to get a hundred point. I shouldn't say that (laughs) later, but like they're they're probably not getting a hundred points, but like, yeah, they could get everybody hurt again and go to 74.
4: Right. And I think about, you know, where they've been recently under club. So it's like two out of the last four seasons, I think they're 92 points and 98 points or something like that. Or 99, you know, and then, you know, they had that, the really bad injury year. The even the year before that, when they lost the title to City again, they were one point off. It was like ninety seven or something, right? So, the trend is for both City and Liverpool to be like mid nineties ish. So I don't really know why it's eighty five and a half. I guess fuck it. I'll just go over over for Liverpool and just be a homer. I mean, I don't know what else I want to do here. So, I just I mean I'm curious to hear what you guys think because it sort of sounded like what you guys were saying is you think Liverpool will take a step back. I just don't really get that. I don't think they're like markedly better, but I just don't really see how they're worse. Um, you know, they added some pieces. You know, Mane, maybe maybe that's your reasoning. I could see that. But I also expect like Diaz to get better. He was only there for half a season. You know, Nunez will contribute in some way. Carvalho's interesting, you know, I don't know. They're a good team. Klopp's, you know, 1A1B best manager in the world. So, going over 85 and a half se- over seems okay to me.
1: Michael, what do you think about that comment? Klopp being 1A1B best manager in the world. What do you think?
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean,
4: you know
1: what I think. It's
3: it's 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 Lampard and then Klopp, right? Yeah, exactly. yeah. No, I I I think on this show is it's we have this funny kind of relationship with Liverpool where they are always overvalued. Like the the price is always inflated on Liverpool, yeah. and we almost always show value betting against them, and then we almost always lose. Yeah, yeah. So like that is that is the kind of rock in a hard place you have when you're betting, quote unquote, numbers not teams. Like Bj's projections won't, Anthony's projections won't show value on on Liverpool all that much. Kind of in the same way, Anthony was just talking about the five thirty eight models. Like it's just really hard for models to get to you know, minus 1600 on a, on a three-way money line. Right. Like it's just a minute
2: soccer match. Right.
4: So yeah, it's just, I guess the, I guess the, what I'm thinking in that, in that regard, sorry to cut you off is just like, at what point does it become, okay. Klopp is clearly like doing something or the numbers are clearly not picking something up because he just, they just keep overperforming and squeezing these out. Right. So
3: the numbers are, they are picking that up. I think right. they, they give they give him they give the team so much right, credit, right, right, and we're right. the ones who are are not catching up to it. Like that's right. the problem. So right. you're probably uh, right. Like I, I didn't want to go. I was happy. I was really worried that this one was going to come to me, and then I would have to take the under. Uh, <laughs> but uh, not because I like it or anything. Because if I if Liverpool just didn't exist, I'd probably be in a, in a beach house somewhere. <laughs> um, Anthony, what are your thoughts? Uh,
2: you know, I think the thing we missed, and and this is something that. You know, we talk about like how we adjust to these teams. Allison being like by far the best one-on-one keeper in the Prem, I think is what is throwing off me when, when I consistently bet the other team, team total over a half. Uh, <laughs> and they get two one-on-ones and one goes off the post and the other one, you know, he makes this incredible fingertip save or something. Uh, and I, I really think, you know, when you watch Liverpool and you're like, this defense can't continue to be this good. Like they need to concede more goals. And then sometimes they do, like, you know, at the end of the year they did, Concede early in every game. Uh, And I think a lot of that was just fatigue. I also think Liverpool, you know, the biggest question mark for me with these top, top teams is the World Cup. You know, Liverpool's going to have the entire squad out at the World Cup, whereas some of these mid-table teams aren't. And the same is true for City. I mean, the same is true for Good the really all, most of the top five or six. We, we don't know. We've never had this kind of situation before. Usually players are coming back off the world cup and you're like, oh, they might start slow, but this weird break in the middle, I'm like, man, you know, like pretty much all of their best players are going to be playing for their teams in the world cup, you know? And so what do we expect potentially from that? Uh, you know, that's another variable we haven't really talked about, but we should, it seems like they're done with business. Is Nunez better than Mane right now no. this season?
4: No, I, I, so, I definitely so wouldn't I think, say that. I think, like, yeah. I think you'd
2: have to, and, and you know, so I think you'd have to expect somewhat of a step back. Salah is now wrong side of thirty. Do we think he may take a step back? Could
3: I said some, that last year, and then some, he was insane. So yeah, like, he was I never that good can't, to can't, begin with. Yeah, let <laughs> So I,
2: I can't. I can't. Like I, again, I'm playing devil's advocate here. No, with, no, like, I, I,
4: I, he, I totally get it. I don't did. want
2: to run to the book to bet the under on the Liverpool either. Uh, but if I were to bet it, I'd probably bet the end.
4: But in in the case of specifically Mo Diaz Rabo, they're at, at least they're not going to the World Cup. Yeah, it's like it's the true. first it's summer off Everton, for all Everton, them. Everton
3: don't have to deal with that issue either. Yeah, and then they get a good. full winter
4: break. You know, so yeah. if the, if there's a year where Mo's just going to go back to like scoring thirty plus, it's probably this year more than any other year in the future. You know, two he has two breaks versus almost never having one.
3: All right, uh, BJ.
1: Yeah, I mean, r- real, real quick with the Liverpool thing. So last year, 86 and a half expected points. And that was pretty much, you know, they. the biggest thing of Liverpool, I mean, it, I think it's just injuries. Like, if guys can stay healthy, like Fabinho and Thiago, like, yeah, Liverpool be right there over 85 and a half. Yeah. If they're not healthy, then you dip more towards the under. Because we saw there were countless times, I remember in the middle of, you know, it was around, I think, October, September of last year, where they had a bunch of midfielders injured and you had to basically go with like Keita Milner and other right guys. Around
2: Christmas right around the, Christmas the
4: Spurs game right the I Spurs. mean uh,
1: Spurs, yeah. the Leicester the Leicester game yep. yeah, yeah. I, I I specifically remember them going up to nothing on Brighton like early on yep. in September and October and then they just had no like midfielders that could basically stop Brighton <laughs> and and you know Basuma and, and, and Waipu and basically they were able to come back and you know basically tie the game so like in situations like that, we obviously yep. saw you know, two years ago when catastrophic injuries and then they fell off and barely were able to make top four. So, uh, I think 85 and a half is, is pretty fair uh, of a number. Um, if they stay healthy, they're going over 85 and a half. If they don't, they'll probably be right around there. So, um, for my next pick, um, I, I really just don't want to talk about Tottenham because I have <laughs> only like positive things to say, so I really just don't want to say them. I'll go Southampton under 30 and a half. Uh, it's Whew. Yeah, so it's a very low number, so, I'll be honest. It's so, it's very, it made me so bad.
3: So it made me yeah, so, so mad when I saw this total. I it's know. Like yeah, it's half, very, very low.
1: Um, and like I, I mean there can be arguments for the over here, like yeah, there can be. Um, but I mean, from January 1st on, and this has happened for two straight years now, where this team just gets burnt out from all this pressing and over a long stretch of season. Now we're gonna have more condensed games. Over a long stretch, and they did make some moves to get some depth, but I mean, only Norwich, Watford, and Wolves had a worst expected goal differential from January first on last year than Southampton. They lose Brogia. They haven't made really any signings to replace them, so they're just going to roll with Che Adams and Adam Armstrong. That might be the worst uh, attack in the Premier League in terms of two strikers. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm not even joking. Like, I think Bournemouth it's, it's might bad. be bad. So that's really bad. You have added thing where basically they. Yes. Okay. You can make the argument that, oh, well, they, they allowed 68 goals off 58 expected, like they sh- their defense should regress and it should get better. One of the, you know, Alan, one of the stats we love to track here is big scoring chances, yeah. which is essentially 0.35 XG or greater of a chance allowed. Southampton by far and away allowed the most last season, 71 big scoring chances allowed. How with the signings that they've made, they've obviously got some young guys, some guys from city, you know, they got a new goalkeeper. How is that going to get better? I really don't understand how that's going to get better. And so as we get through a more condensed schedule with a team that just presses and presses and presses, they're going to get worn out like they have the last two seasons. I think they're getting relegated. Like I truly believe yeah. that Southampton yeah. is going to get relegated. And so if they're going to get relegated, they're probably going to be under 38 and a half points. So yeah. I even have a little bit of projected value in the over. Like I have them at 40 points. I know 538 has them at 40 as well, but I just don't see how this attack gets any is going to how this attack's going to get. Better from last year and i don't see how their defense is going to stop allowing all these huge chances if they're going to continue to play hassan Hoodle ball like i don't <laughs> i don't understand how it's going to happen so southampton 30 and a half for me i
3: think the league is, as as a whole will be better this year like the the bottom yeah. just fell out of things last year which yeah, is, yeah. the past two seasons really
1: um, i mean norwich everybody just yeah. beat up on norwich last I mean, year it, i don't think we, I, I don't like think United we really honestly is- i don't think we have a norwich this year yeah exactly that's that's what i'm
2: like so I think – Although we likes- probably would have said that last year. No, I think I had Watford last.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I had a Watford relegation ticket last year. I mean, like – but, yeah, I mean, yes, if we could we could be in November think- and, and Bournemouth could have, like, you know, they could be Derby County and we could be like, oh, my gosh, how could we not see yeah. this coming? But, right. uh,
3: but I, 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 I mean, I, I yeah. I think the, the cohort of, of, like, three newly promoted teams are probably stronger. Yes. Um, and I think that you can look at Leeds – uh like Burnley's gone and, and like Bur- we always knew what Burnley kind of was forever like they were just going to be a team that was going to hang around 16th 17th 18th place and so like it's just the the, the makeup of the league is a little different and I think like those spots now are, are kind of up for grabs where say like the spot of where Burnley was kind of just occupying that real estate for for the past half decade in the Premier League is now up for grabs in a bad way and it could be Everton it could be Leeds and I think Southampton and Wolves are, are also in that running too um but I'm with you, BJ. I, 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 I was really mad when I saw this line come out. Um, yeah.
1: You know, I, I guess remember, I bet, I bet it at 40,
2: 43 and a half last year. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, we'll, are they, we'll that, much, are they our, that much worse? We'll we'll talk relegation on our, our pretty yeah. High, but yeah,
2: yeah uh, I think uh, and this is my point. You know, I think I'm up next. Am I up next? Yeah, you are. Like my point uh, I'll, I'll transition this into my, my final selection. My point is that like, if you like this under, just bet the, bet the relegation. Yeah. Yeah like we'll three talk to about one we'll because about they, they may go over this and you lose your three to one, but minus minus one ten at 38 and a half, man. Right. Ooh. That's right. Like that's yeah. so low. And I wish it was 43 and a half again. That'd be I'd hammered yeah. again, but uh, they, they weren't that bad for like the first four months. So I don't know. Uh, they're the one team where before the numbers came out, I, I had like a sell buy list and Brentford was on the sell list and Southampton was on the sell list and the numbers came out and it's like, Oh, I guess yeah. the market knows that, like we think they they might be not as good. Yeah, it so, turns out these these bookmakers they weren't born yesterday. <laughs> no, unfortunately. Uh, so that leaves two teams. <laughs> I really didn't want to get to this point. I thought somebody would take them.
1: I thought you, you can't know make me say nice things about top. Nah.
2: Yeah, I knew BJ would never take them unless it was bed in the under. I thought Leboff was going to jump in, or or Alon was going to take the Spurs over. So I'm going to stick Liebhoff to talk about Tottenham because I, I don't even know my own thoughts on Spurs yet. I'm going to take Leeds United over 39 wow. and a half points. And, you know, I get it. Calvin Phillips is gone. Rafinha is gone. And those are two really good players. Probably their two best players. But I like the additions that they made. And I think if you draw a line from the Bielsa to the Marsh team, you saw a significant increase in the defensive quality. Number one. And so I think just improving the defense to the point where it's not, holy crap, we suck. You know, bottom two in the league, which is what it was under Bielsa. I mean, it was, it was bottom one for a while when everybody was injured. I think that will help them. They're not going to have a ton of players at the World Cup. And so the, despite the condensed schedule, I think having that break will enable them to get healthier. Whereas, you know, of course, you know, the rest of the teams around them, probably the same situation. But I think because they don't have the depth I think that will hurt them less and they still are going to press, even if it's a little bit different. And so I think the, the break helps them a little bit more than say like a Nottingham forest or, you know, who's right next to of the table, like a Fulham, for example. Yeah. Southampton. Uh, and so I think that the drop off from their best players and they got nothing from Bamford last year. I think that was the one thing we didn't really talk about and we don't know if he's going to be healthy or not, but odds are he will play more than he did last year. And he's, when he's played in the you know he was excellent in the championship, and his numbers the first year in the Prem under Bielsa were very impressive. You know, uh, well over or slightly over a half of an XG per ninety. So I think I'm buying Leeds being a little bit healthier. I like the Aronson edition. I like the Adams edition. I, I don't know how many minutes you'll get from Adams. That's always been his biggest problem. But my most underrated signing of the summer. And somebody I'm extremely excited to watch, and right. I haven't looked at FPL, yeah. but I'm kind of curious on him, is my guy, Luis Sinistera uh, from the Nord. We the Nord, fine Nord. Uh, <laughs> I think I thought it was a great signing. It kind of flew under the radar. They got him on the cheap. He's really young, super explosive. Uh, I won't say he's Luis Diaz, but like they're kind of similar. Uh, and mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, I don't think he's on that level, but I, I do think he's pretty good. He's, uh, and, and uh, I think he makes a, a help to replace the ball progression that they lose in Rafinha being gone. So I'm going to take the leads over and that will leave Mr. Leboff with the final team, which I did not expect to be the final team when we started this podcast.
3: Neither did I. And then I saw how this was going. This bet was on my list of, you know, I, I had like six or seven that I, that I wanted and this one was on it. So last year Spurs started the season five, five and one. They were, remember they won their first three games and they lost all so those three. And then they won two in a row. and Then they went, win this for three and they still finished on 71 points. so, this team's better than I think they got better in the off season, obviously. And they're now a, a team that's adjusted to Antonio Conte's system. Another situation where bookmakers have proven to us that they weren't born yesterday was that Spurs 14 to one to win. The title is absurdly short, like absurdly yeah. short. Yeah. Um, but before like, you know, if, if, if bookmakers had this agreement where they all would release their lines together at like 9am, like <laughs> Christmas morning, almost and you just had to be the first one to get to the numbers. I would rush copy to copy each other. Yeah, I would I would rush to bet the Spurs title future at the number I would think going to bed that the night before that it was like you know 35 to one 40 to one. And it wasn't obviously uh 14 to one is, is way too short now to get involved. But I like to over uh Richarlison Basumba. I think you know you were talking about the under the radar signing. I think for for our show, like we and and, and show, like we we love assume as a player uh, <laughs> like we, we all do incredible signing and, and can completely change and improve it w- he would have made any team whether you're city or Bournemouth better by leaps and bounds and he goes to Tottenham for Charlison. like I said he is incredibly versatile he works hard he wins the ball he's good in the box he's much smarter than people give him credit for and I think he's the type of guy that Antonio Conte will love because he just runs himself ragged every night and what does he do is he provides some scoring depth he takes some pressure off of Kane and so on, and then you throw more in there. Like Lucas Moore is like playing wing have, back in preseason. You have scoring. You have scoring depth. Like the, the Spurs tick every box except for two, which is they're not City and they're not Liverpool. Like that's those are two only two boxes <laughs> that they don't tick. So I, I think the over here is is a bet that, like I said, I, I kind of saw how the show was going and nobody was going near it. Uh, whether it is because you hate Spurs like Bj or you're a Spurs fan where they're your second team, like Anthony, uh, <laughs> I was like, okay, I might be able to get this one at the end. And, and I have, and I really like it. i like Spurs over 71 and a half.
4: Yeah. It is what, really what, good. Right. I I don't know why it kind of passed me by, I guess, because it just seemed sort of right. It seems high.
3: It seems like like it, like yeah, it's like, yeah, it is it, high.
4: I think. It, it's high from a perspective of like, they're not going to be on city Liverpool's level. So they're high for a third place team, right? Like it's high. You know, despite finishing on 71 last year, they have the same problems that City and Liverpool have with everyone going to the World Cup and everything. But I agree with the the business is so good. I mean, I think the main thing that Richarlison does is just he's not just like additional scoring stuff. He's depth for Son and he's depth for Kane. So, you know, a catastrophic injury, obviously, is not as good as either of them. But he comes in and they don't lose that much. They could still hit the number even with that scenario. They have a lot of depth... In central midfield, they have an a absurd amount of wingback depth. I don't even know what they're doing. They have like three wingbacks for each side.
2: There's going to be some selling.
4: Uh, yeah, maybe there's some selling coming. I still in the back of my head, I'm still like, where are they getting all this money? Are they selling Sun or something? <laughs> you know, like, and who knows? Maybe that just it's happened. A good
1: question, Alan. Maybe we yeah. should investigate that. Maybe yeah, we should yeah, learn yeah.
4: some. Uh, we didn't spend any money for people? like
1: two, three years. Everybody
2: said, "Oh, Spurs are so cheap. Don't spend money." That yeah, finally mm-hmm. spending.
4: Yeah, hmm. but I don't know. Yeah,
2: it's also, a, they're it, going to sell it. in songs. and LaSalle.
3: It's the, uh, it's the NFL money, Roger Goodell. Yep. Yeah, true. true. One, thing,
1: one thing I'll say about Spurs, and this is purely just math, is that under Conte, basically if you take it from November 8th on, under Conte, they average 1.97 expected points per match. If you project that out for a full season, that's about 75 points. Yeah. So yeah. with the depth that they have, I mean, you can definitely make an argument for the over. But again, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> yeah, they're 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 a team
3: too like if if when we'll, we talk about this on on our uh our mega preview pod like they're just a team i'm gonna have circled as if if they, they do get off to a slow start like i would i would buy back on them in in, in futures because you you can't you you could we could wake up in may and if you tell me like oh spurs finished second 15 points behind city like i would be like yeah, that honestly makes some sense yeah, because uh, if the if the league does go that way, where City runs away with it and Liverpool become disinterested, in, in kind of that same narrative we were talking about Anthony, then a team like Spurs can just pick them off, and we could see Liverpool kind of you know doing what you said City would do, which is focus on on Europe, or you know just take it easy and, and get ready for the next season. Um, so yeah, I, I think I'm I'm very bullish on uh, on Spurs, just even even though the market is as well, like I'm kind of right up there with them. Will I be betting them on a game to game basis? Probably not, because I think the price will probably get. Too high, but in, in terms of like where, where books have them associated with like with their peers, like Chelsea, Arsenal, I guess, uh, United, you can say, and then and then the big two, like I it's think hard it's hard to bet Spurs, it, it is, but if you, I think they'll, they'll be a good value side in that cohort, right? In the in the right against other big six teams. So that's how I'm uh kind of approaching them this season, the over and backing them that way.
2: Yeah. Because like 14 to one is too low to win the league. They're not going to win the league, but. They're like minus one thirty to get top four, which is like not fun to tie up your money right. in a minus one thirty market for the yeah. whole season. So, like it's it's hard with those three teams, you know, and those four teams in the middle Champions there. Champions yeah. That's where, I that's mean, where we'll see look what looking. the groups look like. Right. Arsenal, uh, BJ, will you be betting Arsenal in the Champions League this year? <laughs> oh
1: God. no, but I'll, I'll be happy to bet against Spurs in the Europa League uh, knockout round. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
3: uh, before this devolves, uh, let's wrap it up. Milan, obviously, we we thank you for coming on. We'll definitely have you on again. Uh, throughout the season we'll we'll update this throughout but Anthony
1: you you now have him hooked on fantasy (laughs) premier league and and he wants to Michael, I think we have to say one uh, Our only our, our two guests that we've ever had on the show are Fabrizio <laughs> Romano and <laughs> yes. Alan. Oh, my so God. English <laughs> company. Wow. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, our buddy, Fabrizio Romano, if you want Fabrizio, to... Fabrizio, who just, by the way, breaking podcast. news. I know this podcast is going to come out much later, so you'll already know it, but it looks like Koundé is going to Barcelona. There you go. Well, I mean,
3: they have tons of money.
1: Um, yeah. <laughs> they just so, have
4: unlimited money. And if unlimited. you want to hear
3: about Barcelona's transfer saga, uh, definitely listen to our Fabrizio Romano uh, interview from uh, July earlier in July, like around the 22nd and Anthony, before we sign off, you did want to say something.
2: Yeah. You know, so I went on a launch show. We talked Prem futures, uh, from the gambling side. He does a podcast focused on fantasy premier league, which I did not know just how big that community is, but, uh, it it is pretty impressive. And it's something that I used to do, but have not been that into in the last few years, you know, it kind of takes a back seat. Same thing with fantasy football for me. Like I don't even really play it anymore, but, um, I want to get in on it. So let's, let's create a league. Uh, I'm going, we, we did create a league, the wonder goal fantasy premier league group. Uh, we're going to drop the link in the show notes. If you want to join, we'll put a prize in for like the winners at the end of the season. We'll have to talk to our. No,
3: winner, winner, that, we, we could say it winners. So, winners will get a kid of their choice.
1: I think, yeah. I, I think I might have a Tottenham scarf around here that our, our <laughs> listeners can win, <laughs>
2: but we will, we will figure out exactly what the prize is going to be, but we'll talk about that on a future show. But the link to join is going to be in the show notes. Come play fantasy prem with us. We're going to have some fun with it. Alon, I'll shoot you the link as well. Yes. Uh, and if I beat you Alon, then uh, you're going to have to answer <laughs> some questions.
4: Okay. That's very fair.
2: Um, and
3: uh, and real quick, before we go Alon, I'll uh, just do a quick minute spiel on, on what you guys got going on over on the fml yeah FBL i guess
4: mean, it'll be hopefully less than a minute i mean we just <laughs> we, we pod twice a week one of them is buying patreon paywall but for the preseason, there's no paywall so it's just like non-stop content like july and august i mean specifically july is just like preseason previews fire chats you know we had anthony on we had we bring on specialists, team specialists, other really good FPL managers way better than me or my co-host Walsh. Um, but, you know, it's a fun time. We shoot the shit. It's uh, not safe for work, but, you know, we get it done. We talk about everything. We, we're we very opinionated. It's, uh, yeah, get in there. FML, FPL, easy to remember. And this has
3: been the Wonder Go podcast featuring our special guest, Alan Shapiro of the FML, FBL. Podcast. We have a ton of uh, preseason content. The so Premier League season starts Friday, August fifth. We will have our regular weekend preview podcast for that weekend coming up as well. Uh, we'll talk about some European leagues on a separate preview podcast. And I just can't believe it's back already. Again, <laughs> the the strangest offseason in in all sports. I say the, the Premier League because it it, it, it at the same time feels endless. Uh, so for Anthony DeBundo, BJ Cunningham, and Alan Shapiro, I'm like leave Buff, and we will see you next time.